Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. This is Pastor Keith Radke. On the previous episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, we played the first part of a message given by Pastor Steve Pearson at Redemption Hill Church called The Dead Scarecrow from Romans chapter 7. Today, we'd like to share with you the conclusion of that message. You may also visit rhutah.church to listen to this message in its entirety. Now, turn in your Bibles, if you can, to Romans chapter 7, and let's listen to the Word of God. How many of you have been speaking with your spouse and, and something is said and, and God's Spirit convicts you and says, now walk away. Don't say that. And you walk away because you want to do what's right. You get out the door and all of a sudden you say, you know what? He's not right about that. And I'm not going to be a doorman. I'm not going to walk out. So you know what? Forget that. And you walk back in with a kind, calm face. I would just like to say one thing about that thing you just said. And you say that one thing, and then they say, really? And they say that one thing, and ten things later, you're walking out of the room anyways, only now you're ticked off at each other. But then later, God comes to you, I told you to walk away. And I was going to walk away, Lord, but I was just drawn back in. You knew what to do that was right, right? Kids, young people, teenagers, you've never disrespected your parents, right? Ever. Where, where, where God, would, God would convict you about something. Maybe you were at a camp. Maybe you were in a devotion. Oh, yeah. And then you get into the situation and you find you're drawn to evil. And then you cry later. You scratch your head later. You say, God, why do I like evil so much? How about finances? You experience it every day. You go into that store. You have a budget. You know what you can afford in your family and what you can't. The woman walks in and she sees this sale that will never happen again in life. I mean, let's just say it, a two-for-one special on shoes. This is the time of the, of the decade. If you miss that, you're, you ain't getting it. Or the man walks in and goes, oh my gosh, there's a rifle on sale. And that's the one rifle in the world that will never be at that price again right now. Or with me, it's tools. I'm speaking from experience because I just pulled this prank on my wife a week ago. <laughs> Honey, there's this sale. This saw has just been cut in half, and we got to get it now, baby, because we can make five times the amount of money. God convicts you. God convicts you. And you walk out with four pairs of shoes and the rifle. And then later, you have what's called buyer's remorse. That's not real. That's called conviction. Where you're like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have done this, I shouldn't have done this, and now I've done it. God was talking to you, man, <laughs> telling you not to do it. But we've just called the buyer's remorse instead of disobedience. Your insecurities, your fears, man. God comes to you and says, hey, don't trust in yourself. Lean on me. Don't, don't, don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me. And you're like, yes. As soon as he says that, you're right back to the same way of thinking. You're right back to the same fears. You're right back to, and you're finding that this is a reality. And it's, you see it in addiction. 
You know, people look at people that are in addiction. They're like, what's wrong with them people? I'll tell you what's wrong with them. There's a desire to do good, but they're drawn to it the same way you're drawn to buy a rifle you shouldn't buy or shoes you shouldn't buy or say things you shouldn't say. It's in every one of us. And listen, brothers and sisters, everyday life takes us beneath the surface of our shallow acknowledgement of sin and shows us the reality of our heart. If we're willing to look at it, if we're not afraid, if we're willing to go further than just a foot deep, and I would take it a step further and say this, you guys, I have to be looking for my own depravity and its expression in every situation. Every situation, because it's there. You have relationships, you have issues, your depravity is expressing itself every day. And I got to be looking for it in myself rather than always looking for it in everybody else. Scripture says, search me, O God. Try me, God. Know me, God, and see if there's any corrupt way in me. So verses 14 through 20 tell you and I, of this undeniable reality of the Christian struggle. Now what he's going to do is he's going to tell us of this inescapable reality that cannot be overcome by an act of your will. And people are starting to squirm. Listen, there is a reality in Romans 7 that cannot be overcome by an act of your will. Let's read it. Look at verse 21. So, I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law, waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Church, why can't we escape the reality of this struggle. We're drawn to sin. We do the things we don't want to do. We end up doing the things we hate, and we can't find a way to, to do the things that we say we love. Why? Why is that inescapable? He tells you here in verse 21 and 23, because sin is a law. It is a law. Now, what kind of law is it? Right? I mean, if I were to ask you, what kind of law is sin? Some of you might think, well, there's, there's the law of sowing and reaping. Yeah, that, that's, that's certainly attached to it, right? Whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. If you play around with fire, you're going to get burned. If you mess with God, you, you know, you're, you're going you're to make an enemy out of him. If, 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 if you reject the cross, you're, you're in trouble. So certainly, there's a, there, there's a law of sowing and reaping. We get that. And, and another person might say, well, you know, the wages of sin is death. And so the law concerning sin is that, is that you will ultimately die. Yes, that's true as well. But, but listen, all those things are true. What is he talking about here? What is the law, the content of the law he's talking about? Look at verse 23. I see in my members another law that is waging war. The first six verses we looked at. Against the law of my mind, and it's making me captive to the law of sin. You guys, the inescapable law he's referring to are the captivating qualities of sin that reside in our members and those desires that draw us to it every day, every minute, all the time. It's in us. There's two things happening to you. You love God and you want to serve him and you love sin and it's got you. It's, it's, sin has got you in its grasp. 
And if you don't know Christ, you don't even realize sin's got you in your grasp because the Bible says that you're free from righteousness in your sin. You don't even care about righteousness. So you don't even know how dark and how deep you are if you don't know Christ. And, you guys, it's these sinful qualities. That's the power of the law of sin that holds you and makes you unable to escape even though you exercise all your will, all your power. I'm going to do it this time. How many of you guys have made at least one commitment in your life to repent of a sin that you're still doing? Everyone, just raise your hand. (laughs) Do you understand now what he's saying? The utter despair? Who's going to deliver me? He walked through life. Paul walked through life. This was not not an unbeliever's experience because he says, I delight in the law of God and my inward being. Only a Christian could say that. Paul is saying, my everyday life, I've got this struggle. I can't get out. Who's going to help me? Who's going to deliver me from this? I'm dead. There's no help. I can't stop sinning. I hate what I'm doing. And the law's got me in its grip. And there's no way out of it. Do you kind of see the hopelessness now that's starting to develop in the person? The hopelessness that when he says that there is nothing good that dwells in a human outside of Christ, that is in my flesh, there's nothing good, we're all done, there's no hope. Now, I don't know if you've flown. It's one of these two airports, I can't remember which one it is, it's either San Diego or, or uh, John MacArthur, Orange County, where you take off, and you take off and go like this. John Wayne, there you go. John MacArthur, sorry. John MacArthur will have an airport one day. John Wayne is on MacArthur Street. That's why I said that, okay? So give me a break. So, so you take off, and it's like vertical, man. You're just like, Whoa. And then, because there's some sort of stupid noise ordinance to scare all the passengers on the plane, right about, you know, 5,000 feet or whatever it is, they pull back the throttle. And, and when they pull back the throttle, it feels like you're falling out of the sky. And, you're, and if, once you've done it once, you get it. You're like, okay, I know what's coming. But the first time, you're like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, we're going to crash. We're going to die. Folks, you and I live in a realm where we acknowledge and we govern our decisions by certain laws. One of those laws is gravity. And hear this. Gravity cannot be broken. The law of gravity cannot be broken. The law of gravity cannot be broken unless, unless, Isaac Newton had three laws of motion that led to the understanding of gravity And it was based on the understanding that each object in a two-particle system exerts an equal and opposite force of the other object, which is equal to the gravitational constant times the two masses over the distance of the particle squared. Now, got that? What does that mean? I have no idea. (laughs) I have no idea what that means. It sounds super smart, right? (laughs) But I think it means something to this effect, and and this ain't science, this is just Steve talking, okay? I think it means that gravity is a law that cannot be broken 
unless it is acted upon by a force outside of its control. Let me say that again. That gravity is a law that cannot be broken unless it is acted upon by a force outside of its control. Let me say that one more time. Sin is a law that cannot be broken unless it is acted upon by a force outside of what it controls. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. You guys, you can't break this law because you're controlled by it. You can't escape it because you've been killed by it. The thing that's captivated by the sin, the thing that's controlled by the sin, the thing that's been ruined and been killed by the sin cannot free itself from the law of sin. It can't happen. And that thing will try. It will spend its life trying only to cry out, Oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? I have tried. It's been one year, five years, 20 years, 50 years, and I am still in the same cycle of frustration. I can't beat the law of sin. You know why? Because it killed you and you're captivated by it. And the war is real, and Paul alludes to it. I and you and I are in desperate need We are in desperate need of a force outside of the control of sin to break the law of sin. We're desperate need of it. Brothers and sisters, we have just been schooled in our greatest need, our desperation for an act of God's grace. Because if he doesn't step in and he doesn't save humanity, if he doesn't step in and stir your heart, if he doesn't step in, the one who is outside the control of sin being the force to kill the law of sin, if he doesn't do it, you can't. And I can't. And we will die in that condition. Who will deliver me? Not what. Who will deliver me? Your conduct won't deliver you. Your devotion to God won't deliver you. Your devotion to God, really? Well, I love him. I go to church. I've been baptized. I give money. I do all those things. I go to the potlucks like we're going to have after this. She didn't announce that, by the way. Um, The the potluck that we're going to have after this. I do all the things around the church, and I'm around the people of God. I mean, you know, what more do you want? Your conduct won't save you because you're dead and stained in sin. And controlled by it. The love and the grace of God, who is outside of sin, who Hebrews chapter 7 says is separate from sinners, undefiled and holy, He has to come to you and He has to make you alive. Who will deliver you? You guys, I began our time together by saying that there's a scarecrow in this chapter that's causing fear. 
that's keeping people from experiencing all that God wants them to experience. What's the scarecrow? You are. I am. Why are you afraid to see the depths and the coldness and the darkness of your heart? Because you will have to do business with God. And you think, you think, the thing that's causing you fear, you think that vulnerability to your husband, to your wife, to your friends, to your church, to your kids, to your parents, you think the exposure of that darkness is a bad thing. But listen, it's a great thing. You know why? Because once you expose yourself and you realize just how deep and dark it is, then you can appreciate the very next chapter in the two verses, which is a grace invasion. The person who knows the depths and darkness of their heart appreciates the grace of God in a very different way. A very different way. Otherwise, it is just me simply playing a foot beneath the surface with this verbal assent to being a sinner and not really knowing how I am a sinner. When God shows you that, then when you get to the next chapter, then you will fall on your face and realize that this grace has invaded your life and went after you and you had nothing to do with it. And that will produce a purity in your worship that you've been seeking the whole time. The very thing you've been working for and you've been expressing this effort for when you acknowledge how dark it is, then you'll be liberated. Folks, grace is something that God does Because he loves you. Not because you clean up real nicely spiritually. Put on your spiritual suit and take your spiritual shower and go to your spiritual events when the darkest part of your heart is still dirty. You know what Jesus said to that? He said, you clean the outside of the cup. But inside, it's cold, it's deep, it's dark, and it's hard. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I want to thank you for all of your gifts and your benefits. Lord, your word says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And Lord, we are grateful for this new place and this new chapter. But Lord, that is not what this church is about. And it will never be what this church is about. This church is about people and souls. And Lord, every one of us come from different backgrounds. We come from different vices. We have different darknesses in our heart. But every one of us will stand hand to hand who know you and say that in me, that is in my flesh, there is nothing good. You are the only thing that is good in a person when you come to that person and you save them. And God is true as this word is, that there's a law working inside of us that we can't escape. You are outside of the control of that law and you have broken that law by sending your son. In the likeness of sinful flesh, you condemned sin in the flesh. You are the only one in all of creation who has ever been able to say that. You condemned and judged sin while in the flesh. 
You're outside of the control of that. And so you're the only one, logically, that can break the law because all of us are controlled by the law. And so, Father, my prayer is that first, for my dear brothers and sisters that are in here that are caught in the frustrating cycle, Lord, you would let them see you've broken the law of sin. And you would let them know that the glory of God is found in the very next verse, in the very next chapter. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ because you have broken the law of sin. But Lord, there are people, whether in this room or watching live feed, that Lord are content. Maybe they're content with religion. They're content with playing a foot beneath the surface, not realizing how bad and how dark it is. Lord, I pray you'd show them because they'll never get grace until they realize why they need it. And I pray you would save them. And so I don't know where every one of you are in your walk with God or your experience or your faith journey. I will tell you this. If you're here and you're listening or you're watching over the internet, one thing is very clear about Romans chapter 7. You got no hope outside of Christ. None. In fact, the Bible would say there is a certain fearful judgment and fire indignation which will devour the adversary of God. Your only hope is to realize you have no hope without Christ and then receive the hope of the nations. Admit that you're a sinner and you can't save yourself. And unless God comes to you, you have no chance. And that God is coming to you and telling you, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And if you will just realize that you're a sinner, you'll realize you can't save yourself, stop trying to play religion, stop trying to be good. Well, I don't drink and I dress nice. Who cares? God doesn't care about what you look like. God doesn't care about what goes into the man. It's what comes out of the man that defiles him. It's always been that way. And if inside is dirty and you need to repent, listen, you need the righteousness of God put to your account because there's nothing there. Imagine it this way. You're bankrupt. You're broke. There's nothing in your account. And a billionaire says, tonight at midnight, at a specific point, I'm going to merge my account with yours. And instantly, two things are going to happen. You're going to be free of your debt and you're going to be an inheritor of all that I have. That's the same thing that God is talking about. When you come to Christ, all of your bankruptcy, all of your debt, everything and every crime you've committed against God is gone when Christ merges his perfect and righteous life with yours and you become an heir to everything that he has. That's the deal of the century. You've got to be willing to repent. You've got to be willing to admit that you've offended the most holy God the only God to whom you have to do with, the only God in all existence, you have committed a crime against a sovereign deity. And he'll forgive it. (laughs) He'll wipe it clean. And he will give you a new life. And if that's you, then I would encourage you, you go do business with God. 
You get on your face before God and you admit that you're a sinner. You ask Christ to forgive you. You ask him to change your direction and change your life and give you the grace that is needed to move forward and the mercy that is needed to move forward. And he will meet you and he will do what only he can do. You've been listening to a message given by Pastor Steve Pearson called The Dead Scarecrow from Romans Chapter 7 that he preached recently at Redemption Hill Church, Utah. You can listen to the first part of this at shoutsofgraceradio.com or you can visit rhutah.church to hear this message given in its entirety in audio form. Thank you so much for joining us today. And on behalf of Pastor Steve Pearson, this is Keith Radke. And we look forward to being with you again next time on Shouts of Grace Radio.